Portions of Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Cody Cuff, Henny Cutter gave me. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Hey, Kadigi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Haley, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You are absolutely right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Great organization. We lo- always love to have them aboard, and uh, it's just uh, been a great partnership over the years. Hey, it's Friday, and we have State Senator Mary Kunish here, and it's always good. And, you know, I I always like having you on, State Senator, not only because you're very cool, but we always, when we talk about things, it's always a positive. So I feel like Friday shows are always really positive, and I really appreciate that from you and uh it's always a good vibe because we know a few years ago it was kind of bleak for our state senators and you always always kept uh kept the show positive oh thank you i you know you always there's always got to be a nugget somewhere in your day that's that's going to be good and you know fridays are my days with my granddaughter so those are always a good day even though they're it's exhausting um <laughs> but uh you know we can find good things in every day i'm sure absolutely uh you know what's happening uh what what's going on with your campaign i mean we have things nationally happening i know here mm-hmm. we've talked about uh, for me in st paul state senator um we have a all woman uh uh city council now and yeah. every one uh of them except one are bipoc i know that's incredible i don't know if there's any other city you know like large city that has that kind of uh first of all women leadership um mm-hmm. and then second of all the diversity of folks and of course spring like uh not spring like park um uh, uh st louis park Mm-hmm. Uh, elected their very first Muslim woman. Right. So the, you know, it's, it's, there are people that are not going to be happy to hear this, but you know, the, the leadership and the vision and the, the world of Minnesota is changing. And uh, I feel like it's really changing in a good way. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Mary, the, uh, also the demographic is, I think they're all under 40 and um, most of them are under 35, which just yeah. blows my mind. And uh, my candidate won here in uh, my district, and I'm really happy. Uh, she's a, a Indian descent from India, and she is a former St. Paul Central grad, and she also is an engineer. So that's mm-hmm. uh, comes in handy, especially with all the building and things like that are happening in the cities around the country. Right. I, I, you know, I just have to say I am so impressed. And I, and when we say the youth of leadership, I mean, let's just admit 40 isn't that young, <laughs> but compared to you and me, uh, yeah. yes, it is. And maybe not Haley, but um, the youth of, of the, the, the women that are stepping up to do it. And let's look back a few, you know, even my generation, mm-hmm. you know, women weren't in those roles mostly because they were starting their families, taking care of their families, maybe working and taking care of their families, you know, like, like I was and Mm -hmm. politics was the furthest thing from their mind. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even you and I know this and, you know, maybe Haley, you experienced this in your uh, educational career is that we, um, you know, Robert, you and I as teachers tried to make our students more aware of what was going on Mm-hmm. Uh, politically and around the world. Right. So it, we, we weren't just concerned with our own little worlds, our own little towns, but we we gave them a bigger, broader understanding. And also of the uh, um, 
consequences of actions by leaders when they make a decision. I mean, look at what happened over in the Middle East and how it's affecting the whole world. Look yeah. what happened in Ukraine and how it's affecting the whole world. When World War II happened, we didn't have communication and multimedia like we do now. Um, and so people didn't know, they didn't understand the consequences of the immediate action wasn't felt for probably months or years back in the day. But we, you know, it's just such a, a different world and women are stepping up. Um, younger women, um, they have the kind of support that they need to be able to do a job, have an elected position, have a family. I mean, they really can do it all under the right circumstances. And I think it's just really imperative that all of us look out for those those women and men, you know, uh, or, um, you know, cisgender, whoever want to step into those places and, and how we can support them in the best way. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk to a lot of, uh, you know, Amster gangsters, the OGs and you know, back in the day, too, uh, you know, matriarchy still is a, is a thing, and it, and it looks like a lot of uh, uh, the other uh, people are are running are jumping into that because you know, even when things were happening at Wounded Knee, for example, all the women were running the show in the background. They just had mm -hmm. uh, those two cats out in the front because the the press really loved uh, Dennis and. Uh, and, uh, you know, just the way they looked or talked or whatever. But we know we talked to people like uh, uh, Madonna Thunderhawk, uh, who who is working in the background as a medic and all those things and feeding everybody and, and making decisions. And it's funny, uh, we, we don't always talk about this, too, but our, our, our aunties, but our, really our, our grandmas are the ones that can get rid of a chief, you know, and that's <laughs> no, no kidding. Nowadays, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in our in our culture and our ancestors, I, I think a lot of us look to the women um, and, you know, our aunties, our grandmas um, for the strength that was that was in the family. I don't know if you I don't know if you did you have you watched um, the series Little Bird on PBS yet? No, mm, you should. Again, strong women, and, and and it's about that '60s scoop up in Canada, what? Robert. So it's it's very it's very heartbreaking. I'm just gonna say it's 100%, you know, truthful, and it's based on a on on a real story, but about kids that were taken from their family out on the reserve, um, from the parents. I won't tell you all of it. It, right. is, it is heartbreaking. Um, there are some warm, loving moments in, in it. But again, um, it's based from the perspective of a, a woman, a girl. Mm -hmm. And the strength that, you know, we all have to call up every now and then. Um, and But I don't want to, like, minimize or belittle the value of the men in our culture right. and um, the role that they play in our culture you know, so many of our men carry the wisdom and there's nothing I love to hear more than when um, one of our men stands up and, and says a prayer, either in English or in their own language. Um, I think of the Lemoyne family. I can think of a lot of men that uh, when they when they stand up, I want to listen to them. Um mm -hmm. There's not a, sometimes there's ones that I don't care to listen to, um, <laughs> but I, I just feel like we're becoming empowered in a lot of different ways. And, um, uh, you know, if we, if we can recognize the value of being a male, a female, a two spirit, whatever, um, that's really what's going to help us get back on our feet still in a lot of ways. You know, we got less than a minute left here. And I, what I want to kind of say is that uh, originally I started this show out saying Native Roots Radio, blank, 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 Native Roots Radio, I'm awake. And I feel like uh, we've stayed with that. Uh, I'm awake for a really long time because I think that's kind of what you're talking about. People are waking up mm -hmm. and I'm awake too. And I, I think that's, that's what we're, 
we're witnessing in many, many different ways here, whether it's uh, we're communicating better and with each other and uh, we're taking action. And obviously here in the state of Minnesota and specifically St. Paul, the city council in this last election have really the, the women have stepped up in a good way. And uh, I know I'm grateful. Good. I am too. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back. This is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake and here here with State Senator Mary Kunish. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence. And shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Hey, we got a couple new uh, Patreon uh, supporters. We want to give them a big shout out. Thank you, Peeny Gigi. You know who you are. We don't want to put you out on blast, but uh, we do uh, appreciate the support. And shoot, we uh, never were on Patreon until uh, COVID hit and all our uh, advertisers uh had to pull back and so we really appreciate everyone's support uh then and now so thank you so much and uh and we have uh state senator mary kunish on and we're we're just uh here cruising through friday in a real good way and it's always fun to talk to you and and again i appreciate your positivity it helps me uh stay positive and i gotta remember all the great work that you guys have done and that you had to go through some stuff uh, in order to get the trifecta and do this great work for the state. We did, and we did it uh, by the 
the skin of our teeth. But remember, it's just a few person uh, majority in the House and a one person majority in the Senate here in Minnesota. Wow. Fortunately, in the Senate, we have four year terms. So uh, we'll have that majority for the next three years, knock on wood, that nothing ever happens. And then, of course, the uh, House members have to get reelected next next November. So, um, you know, we'll continue to do that work as best we can this next session. It was interesting this this week. I had a, a meeting with um, the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council here. Uh, no, Minnesota Education Department, Indian Education here in Minnesota mm -hmm. um, this week. To and they gave me an update on all the good work that they've been doing this summer to implement the legislation that we passed last year. Um, there's a bunch of grants that were going out for uh, education workforce for American Indian folks. And it, it, those of you who are listening in Minnesota, I just want you to know this, that if you are an enrolled tribal member of one of our, um, our tribes here in Minnesota, you can attend uh, any of our state universities and colleges tuition free, not just not just the University of Minnesota Morris, but any of our state colleges. Also, for the general population, if your family earns less than $80,000, you also can attend our state schools and colleges tuition free. So there's a lot of people that don't know that. And, um, you know, talking about the barriers to getting a uh, teaching license, getting you know, educated. Um, but those we're trying to break down those barriers as best we can. And interesting enough, I think it was North Dakota just passed that as well. Wow. Because they were losing Minnesota students, you know, that came over to North Dakota. And then all of a sudden the Minnesota people are, you know, the Minnesota people are saying, oh, no, we'll just stay home. We can go free here. And so North Dakota then implemented it. So um, I just want folks to know that right off the bat when you're looking for it. Plus, there are tons of grants and um, different ways to support um, anyone who wants to go into teaching uh, for teachers of color, especially our indigenous and, our, and um, you know, our, our black and brown um, people. Our kids need to see folks that look like them in, in the mm -hmm. classroom. So there's lots of grants going out there. Um, and a little update on the mascots, you know, we outlawed uh, using Indian images or names in any of our uh, schools, K through 12, pre-K through 12 here in Minnesota. And um, the exemption application went out in June and July. So mm -hmm. schools needed to, if you are on a list and they were all notified, so they know who they were, um, they needed to, um, if they wanted to continue to use that image or the name, um, they had to file for an exemption. And from what I understand, 13 were received. Um, wow. And, and I think they have to, uh, they have until, um, 2025 to make those changes. So um, I think there were 13 exemptions that were received and eight of them, the tribes and the um, the team the, said, no, we don't want them to use those that name and those images. So they have to change their name. They have to change their mascot. Um, I know that means that they would have to it's going to cost some money to scrape that image off your gym floor and off of the stadiums and, you know, remove those uniforms. Um, we did not allocate any dollars towards that because we had no idea who, who would do anything if anybody would. Um, mm. That's not to say we wouldn't reconsider that down the road, but um, by 2025, if, if they did not receive that exemption, schools need to make that change. And um, just a lot of money in American Indian aid for education, 11 million this year and um, 18 million for the next year. Remember, kids can start to carry sacred tobacco in schools. Um, and a lot of it is around educating the schools and the school districts. But we just have tons and tons of really great stuff for our um for our Indian schools. And I was really 
so impressed with those that are um, doing the work at at uh, the Department of Indian Education. We did not um, allocate any extra dollars for staff members, which was unfortunate because that meant for a heavy, heavy load for those that were already there. Um, and so we want to say a huge wapulatanka, pinigigi, pilamia to all of them uh, because they picked the load up and they make are making this happen, um, probably tripling the, their responsibilities. So, but the outcome is just so positive that that I'm really excited. That is exciting. Um, that wouldn't happen without the trifecta and. Uh, mm -hmm. What kind of uh, what kind of uh, backup or teeth does this does this bill have? Is there funding involved uh, if they don't change their name back? How does how does that work or does it work? Well, there isn't any funding um, that was put into. Are you talking about the mascots? Yes, thank you. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have we we didn't have any money in there because again we weren't sure who was going to apply for the exemption and who wasn't. Um, but as the chair of education finance in Minnesota, um, I would be curious to hear if, if this is a hardship because, you know, the last thing we want to do is take money out of our, the kids, um, actual resources for learning. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to take them to have to use their money for out of general ed or any of these other buckets that they receive. But, you know, I was, we were. I think I told you that we've been traveling around the state, visiting different schools, talking to um, administrators, students, teachers, whatnot. You know, there was one school whose booster um, club was able put to, to put together like $80,000 to redo their, their school gymnasium floor. And this mm -hmm. had nothing to do with mascots. So this is just a, a regular. Um, and so perhaps there are ways that the communities can come together and support their schools in that way. But, um, you know, it was not my intent to cause extra burdens onto the schools. And, and sometimes that does happen. Yeah, it does. Um, so what do we got to look forward to here? I, I know uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up and it's a, uh, family get together and we all yep. should remember uh why that is we won't have you on next week because uh of that uh shopping day and then thanksgiving what are what are you and your family going to be doing well i think we've got over 40 family members coming to dinner uh Thankfully, not at my house, at my sister's house, but they're coming from far and wide. Uh, I, I can tell you that um, some folks that we haven't seen for a while, some family members we've just rediscovered in the last few years. Um, my kids and grandkids will be there. So it'll be it'll be a full day of, of family and uh, feasting. That's for sure. Wow, that's exciting. And uh, it's that time of year. It's warm out. There's people moving here in Minnesota. Have you had any updates on that? Because I don't know who I was talking to, but we were, or maybe it was a couple shows ago, Haley, that we were talking about people moving here and moving to Duluth. And I know Bob Blake from Red Lake was talking about the solar bear with the solar news that uh, people were going to be moving here and then they stopped in the twin cities do you have you heard of any kind of uh shift in uh people moving here and i know it's a safe place for uh, yeah. our, our our relatives to move here too not just the weather yeah I, I i have you know when um when a lot of the states were banning any kind of support for our trans kids mm -hmm. there were families that realized that they're families, their children weren't safe in the state that they lived in. And so there was discussion about a lot of families moving to Minnesota to be safe. Um, uh, I, my son was recently telling me about um, some friends of his whose family kind of migrated south, keeping a house here in, in the Twin Cities, but they're realizing that the heat is so intense during the summer and the lack of water. I mean, it's not a it's not conducive to a positive standard of living. And so they're all moving back to Minnesota. And um, I think we're going to see more and more of that. I know it happened during the um, pandemic. 
especially with the cost of living like out in California and what you can get for your dollar here. But that just raises the prices here and it's that vicious circle. It is. Hey, thanks for stopping in and always being so positive. And really, I really appreciate you and all the work you've done uh, over the years that we've uh, been on and uh, that we've met. And again, thank you so much, State Senator Mary Kunish. Thankful for you both. Wopi Latanka. Right on. Hey, we'll be right back. Uh, this is Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Unveil the captivating world of Native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts Native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACTI, in Minneapolis. Hey, they do great work and uh, love partnering with them. Hey, we have a special, two special guests on. One of them is uh, one of the originators of Native Ritz Radio over six years ago, uh, Jaleesa McKee, and we also have Bradley Lewis on, and we're going to be talking about New Native Theater. Uh, Jaleesa, welcome back to the show as always. Hey, Kadigi, Jaji, Pinigigi for having me. Yeah, well, uh, just uh, everyone, if you don't know, uh, Jaleesa is my uh, oldest daughter here, and uh, she's number one. <laughs> and, uh, and also, Jaleesa, you helped uh, start Native Roots Radio many years ago, and uh, you were a big part of that first uh, first year. Yeah, humble beginnings. I, I still <laughs> remember doing like the Facebook Lives at the studio, the AM 950 studio. <laughs> That's right. Well, we got big news, and you're, uh, you know, I thought I was going to be the big shot of the family, but uh, basically you are now yeah. the big shot of the family, and uh, Tell everybody uh, what's going on and what you're doing and uh, why I'm so proud to have you on and uh, so proud to be your judge. I would still say you're the you're the star. You're the elder. <laughs> elder star. <laughs> and I would say we all have our amazing roles in the family. Yeah. Um, no, but again, thank you for having me. Um, I just want to introduce myself as Chashkashep Wakahawinga, Holy Eagle Woman of Ho-Chunk Nation. I'm super happy to be on here with Bradley and also with my cousin Haley and you, Jaji. I uh, am working as a full-time counselor. I work at a treatment center, so I'm very proud of that work that I do. Um, I'm able to work specifically with our Native population and meet with them. And I also work as an actor. So I have a show coming up with New Native Theater that 
Bradley and I can talk more about. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. And let's get Bradley aboard. But before uh, we uh, give Bradley, Bradley the, um, you know, checking him out and seeing what he's all about. I love that you said actor and not actress. Uh, that's just always been a thing for me. Uh, knowing actors all these years is because do you talk, do you call a, a woman doctor, a doctress? So I really appreciate that. So that's cool. Hey, Bradley, welcome to Native Roots Radio. Hello, everyone, and for having me as well. My name is Bradley Lewis. I am a member of the Acoma Pueblo in New Mexico, and I'm super honored to be here um, with my co-star, Jalisa. And it's just so exciting to be working with New Native Theater and being in Minneapolis for the first time. I don't know if you all know this, but I'm typically New York-based, so I have the mm -hmm. honor of coming out to Minneapolis to do some really great theater. That's awesome. And I, I don't know if you know this, uh, and our, our relatives in Wisconsin know this, that uh, Minnesota or Minneapolis has more theaters uh, per capita everywhere except New York. And that's something we're really proud of here. And there's theater everywhere. And it's just a, just a great place to, uh, to uh, enjoy the arts. Hey, let's talk about, uh, Jalisa, real quick, when the play is. And then maybe we, we can go back to that, too. And then also what, a little bit about what it's, what it's about. Yes, I would love to. So we are in a show with New Native Theater, and I do want to say shout out to them. It's an amazing or organization. You've had Rihanna on the show quite a bit, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and um, it's one of, I believe, eight Native American theaters in the nation. So that's really exciting that we have that here in Minneapolis. And uh, the play is called Christmas in Ochapi. And uh, it opens at Red Eye Theater on, let's see, November 29th. And our shows, and then the, the closing show is December 17th. Mm -hmm. And our shows um, are at 7.30 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. And then on Sundays are the matinee shows at 2 p.m. Cool. And Bradley, maybe you can talk a little bit about what, what the play is about. And, uh, yeah. And uh, what what we can be looking for. So it's a super timely show uh, because it's all about the holidays, which, of course, are just on the horizon for us all. And one thing about it. So it's it's we follow the Wheatley family. Uh, they're a Mikasaki family, which is a tribe based down in Florida in the Everglades. And uh, my character, Junior, comes home for the holidays. Um, he's got an older brother by the name of Donnie Boy. And he's, uh, they're just, they get up to all sorts of shenanigans. The mom, Virginia, and the father, Bo, um, played by Genevieve. What's, what's Genevieve's last name again? Oh, um, Lane. Genevieve Lane plays Virginia, and Thomas Draskovich plays uh, Bo. He's, they're both amazing as well. Uh, David Valentine is playing Donnie Boy. But we all come home and we converge together, um, you know, it's it's up to the interpretation of whether or not my character's been home in a while. So we're dealing with some some seeing each other for the first time again. And then I'm bringing my fiance by the name of Audrey, played by the wonderful Jaleesa McKee. And we come home. The catch is Audrey is white and she's Ooh. coming home for native Christmas. And she's about she's about to see what it's really all about. And uh, yeah, we get up to all sorts of craziness and uh, old old uh, grudges come up and new problems arise. It's it's a lot of fun. And one thing about it is I can't I couldn't tell you the first the any time that I've ever heard of a native holiday story. Right. Mm -hmm. You look at all of those classic films that we you know a lot of us were brought up on Home Alone. Uh, mm -hmm. or like uh, what are some of the other ones? A Christmas Story or. We are yeah. on 34th Street. Oh, exactly. I'm old. All of those are <laughs> those are all Caucasian Christmas stories, and that's great and wonderful. But we are, as a Native people, we we have holidays and rituals and things that are we celebrate as well, and we do it our way. And so you get to see the Wheatley family do it their way, and it is so so fun. Jalisa, uh, playing a white white person and knowing Indian ways is that an, an advantage for you? Yes, I would say, um, you know, there's a few different, I actually told Bradley this the other day. It was, um, it was interesting being casted as Audrey. I, when I was auditioning, I knew I was up for Audrey or another character. Her name is Summer and Summer is native and, um, from the tribe. So I thought that it, it was, it was, uh, alluded to that I was going to be cast as the native woman in the show. So, um, 
it was a little bit of a surprise, but we kind of laugh because there's plenty of white people that have played native people. <laughs> exactly. um, and so I am doing the opposite. And uh, it's, it's, it's been an advantage in terms of understanding why this story is important. Um, it's hilarious, I will say. I know I'm biased, but I think people will really enjoy um, the comedy element of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I think um, to, to play her is to understand kind of that other side of coming into community that you really care about that community, but you really don't know and you don't understand. So uh, <laughs> I feel for, for her and um, it's, it's been really fun to, to, to play her. Audrey's doing her best. She's really <laughs> She's doing her best. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, uh, you'll be fitted for a wig very soon. I hear rumors. And then our friend Roya is playing uh, yes. a police officer. Did I hear? Yes, she is. She's the res cop. Yeah. Officer Patty. Right on. Yes, Officer Patty. It's been so much fun. Yeah. And I guess uh, she was a, a part of the original reading of this play, or was that the last play you were in? I, I get it. Of this one. Yep. Yeah. And Genevieve and Thomas were in the last production for those that came to see that. And it's it's really interesting, the contrast of that. I think we needed a comedy after that play. You, you yeah. Um, I, I still, I just, I cherish that that time so much. So it's 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 really going to be fun for people to see new Native Theater put on this comedy after uh, following up that. And that's a should, really that's a really good point. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry. I'm so sorry. We should plug uh, Montana Cypress, the wonderful playwright. Yes, please do, Bradley. And he's uh, he has created a, an amazing original piece uh, that is really it's truly unlike anything I've ever been a part of, and I've been lucky enough to to do a fair amount of uh, plays in uh, in the span of my career so far. This one is truly it's it's unique and it's so so hilarious. It, like I we are laughing all the time in rehearsals. And Montana is so open to changes that fit the show. Um, we had a running gig because all of the men in my family in this show, they all have long hair and I obviously do not. And so we added a little funny bit about, you know, like Virginia, my mom's like, why did you cut your hair without telling me? And so like, you know, it's wow. the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, so, and he's been so open to even the tiniest little details that kind of make the show fit specifically for the cast that we're working with right now. And he's so the, so the playwrights with you working on the on the play. Yes. Oh, that's um, that in itself is amazing. Yes, very hands-on. I'm so glad you brought that up, Bradley. Yeah. So give us the time. We got a couple more minutes here to kibitz, but that's to get the dates and the time and the location again, Jalisa. Yeah. So it's going to be at Red Eye Theater. We open as soon as November 29th. And in my experience, um, the last shows sold out. So um, get your tickets ahead of time. But um, November 29th, and then we close on December 17th. Uh, Wednesday through Saturday performance are at 7.30 p.m. I do recommend getting there early because parking is limited. Um, so 7.30 p.m. and then the Sunday shows are at 2 p.m. Red so, Theater in Minneapolis. So you'll have plenty of time to get my Christmas present because you'll have like seven days before after the play. Precisely. Right on. <laughs> I appreciate that. Bradley, too, you can get me a Christmas present, too. And Oh, of course. Right I would on. never dream of, of doing the opposite. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, you guys, uh, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, what else would you like to say about this play? How long does it run? Do we know the running time? Yeah, it's going to be probably about 90 minutes right now, yep. and there'll be no intermission. I should also mention that uh, the tickets are pay as you can or as you wish um, with a yeah. suggested starting price of $35, though, of course, we want theater to be accessible. That's a that's a broader issue throughout the theater yeah. community as a whole. So we're trying our best here to make it something that anybody and everybody can come to. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. And Jalisa, any, any last words here before we let you go? Um, check out what Bradley is up to in all of his acting endeavors. It's great to have you and have somebody that's based in New York come out here and create art, especially for um, the Native community. Well, so I just real. love how Native Minneapolis is. I didn't Yay. realize that. It's been amazing to be here and to feel immediately welcomed by the community and uh, get to do something that I hope speaks to a lot of us here. Right on, Bradley. I'll give you a big ho-wah and, uh, <laughs> and a big peeny-geeky. Thanks, Jaleesa, Bradley, Haley. We'll have you guys on again when we get even closer to the to the show. This has been fun. Hey, Absolutely. this is Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back with uh, Wendy in our sacred animal portion. Oh.
Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by. Stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence. And shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Minnesotans age 65 plus might qualify for Health Partners Minnesota Senior Health Options. The plan includes personal support, coverage for medical prescription drugs and dental, plus over 30 extra benefits. Eligibility information is available at healthpartners.com slash one plan. Health Partners is a health plan that contracts with both Medicare and the Minnesota Medical Assistance Medicaid program to provide benefits of both programs to enrollees. Enrollment in Health Partners depends on contract renewal. Health insurance that fits my budget? I'm covered. I needed health coverage I could count on and afford. Minsure helped me find a plan that works for me, and they helped me save money. Did you know that most Minnesotans qualify for savings through Minsure? And they have free experts who can help you sign up for coverage. Go to Minsure.org today and get started and get covered. That's MNSure.org. MNSure.org. Are you thinking about college? Consider checking out Minnesota Private Colleges. These 18 nonprofit institutions keep the focus on students with small classes and professors who will get to know you. You'll find students from all backgrounds and no two colleges are alike. And when it comes to cost, they're more affordable than you think. Find the college that's right for you at mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. mnprivatecolleges.org slash possible. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. oh. Hey, Haley, do you know what time of the year it is right now? Um, What time of year is it? It's football season, isn't it? And hockey, but really, and well, and basketball too. It's, it's a we're... season for a lot. We're only missing baseball, but no, what I was going to say, it's like time to, to set up your insurance. If you uh, need to do that, uh, we Minsure is out there ready to help us. Yes. Minsure is the one-stop destination for health insurance and tax savings in Minnesota. They actually provide assistance to everyone, no matter your income. So, uh, you know, uh, remember Minsure doesn't sell insurance. They help you find it. So you can learn more at Minsure.org. Excellent. Hey, uh, I feel like howling for Minsure, but we already howled for wolves. And, you know, it's Friday and it's just like a celebration day. And I know Wendy's uh, working hard and she's given us a, another segment on uh, our sacred animal section. So, uh, Haley, why don't we take a, a listen to uh, Wendy and what uh, she's got the Fun Fact Friday happening. Absolutely. Take it away, Wendy. Thank you, Robert. Thank you, Haley. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues. 
at the local and state level. Uh, today, I wanted to talk to you about um, pigeons. And the reason why I want to do that is because I've been spending some time in New York City. I was there today for most of the day, and I noticed so many pigeons around, and so many of them you know, you can just walking down the sidewalk, they're there and they don't move. So you kind of have to like shuffle around and they kind of scoot around avoiding people, but they're very um, pretty birds. They have that like iridescent kind of shine to them and they are very pretty. And I know a lot of people think that they're nuisances and I'm sure that they are. Uh, you know, they make a mess and they carry diseases and whatnot. But I was just curious about these birds because just seeing them really practically my whole life, I really didn't, I really don't know much about them. So I was looking up some facts about them. So that's what I'm going to share with you tonight. Uh, there are hundreds of types of pigeons throughout the world. The species found in New York City is the rock dove. Uh, they're mostly gray and white bird with the stout body and small head that perches, perches on nearly every building in the city. These pigeons have evolved to live alongside people, while the city itself seems to be the perfect environment for them. Some of the reasons pigeons do well in New York City are because of the great perching and nesting spots, all of New York City's tall buildings and infrastructure is the perfect alternative to a rock dove's natural habitat on sides of cliffs. I didn't know that. So I guess you find a lot of pigeons around tall buildings because of that reason, and I'm just realizing that now. Of course, there is abundant food in New York City. Whether people are feeding the pigeons or the birds find food on the ground or in the trash cans, pigeons in New York City are able to sustain themselves entirely off of human food. So there you go. They could just uh, eat McDonald's all day long or whatever they find on the ground. So there you go. Um, they uh, are fast reproducers. So fast reproduction. Pigeons reproduce all year round. The average time from mating until hatching is only one month. The chicks will leave the nest after another month, but not before more chicks are born. If the overall population starts to decline, reproduction rates increase to offset it. So with these factors, comprehensive pigeon control, like bringing in falcons to prey on uh, pigeons, has minimal effect because they'll just um, reproduce more. So there you go. Uh, businesses use uh, and property owners are using things like um, bird spikes, bird netting, visual deterrence, and more to keep pigeons away from their property and cutting down on the spread of bacteria and the messes that can cause uh, from the droppings. And the droppings don't look very nice either. So I, I, I mean, I get it. I do still like the pigeons. So and this is another question I've never even really thought of, but why don't we see baby pigeons, not only in New York City, but elsewhere? So when a rock pigeon finally leaves its nest, they are full-sized with adult feathers, and they look just like their parents. So that's why we never see baby pigeons, and I never really even thought about that. So I thought that was an interesting fact. So in New York City... Uh, and elsewhere, the lifespan of a pigeon with regular food supply and favorable conditions, a feral pigeon can generally live up to 15 years with the most elderly able to survive to the age of 30. However, the average lifespan lifespan tends to be much so shorter, three to five years, and the typical lifespan of a New York City pigeon is only one to three years <laughs> due to the harsh living conditions. I could see that. I mean, there's just so much traffic and pollution and people walking around. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, right? In what state 
is it illegal to frighten a pigeon? So there's actually a state in the United States where it is illegal to frighten a pigeon. The Commonwealth of Massachusetts. It is illegal in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to scare a pigeon. And this became um, legal or illegal the Christmas of 1659. And it's always been that way and they have never changed it. So... You can't scare a pigeon if you're in Massachusetts. Pigeons mate for life. And I thought I, I this was a fact, but I wasn't positive. So pigeons mate for life. But if one partner dies, the survivor generally will attempt to find another mate. So, yeah, who wants to be alone, right? Often overlooked as a nuisance, pigeons are actually highly intelligent animals that can remember faces, see the world in vivid colors, navigate complex routes, deliver news, and even save lives. So we've all heard stories about the World War II pigeons who carry news back and forth, and that's really a wonderful thing. According to a number of environmental surveys and estimates, the number of pigeons in New York City is roughly 4 million. That is about one pigeon for every two people. With that many pigeons, there is no wonder why they are everywhere you turn. Pigeons spread out all across the five boroughs and uh, do not migrate in the winter. Here is a very interesting fact about pigeons that I did not know, and I bet you most of you guys don't know either. Both the male and female pigeon produce milk. So produced from neck glands, infant pigeons look to both mom and dad for sustenance uh, in the first few weeks of life. Staying warm is also a priority, so pigeons come with their own built-in down coats. They have a layer of soft, fluffy feathers they use to trap air bubbles and act as a layer of insulation. And despite their reputation, research shows that pigeons have amazingly visual, numerical, and memory abilities on par with some of the smartest bird species out there. So there you go. So just a few little fun facts about our New York City pigeons. And when you see a pigeon, you can remember all of these wonderful fun facts that I just shared for you. And back to you, Robert. Back to you, Haley. Thank you very much. Wow. Wendy, thank you so much. Pini Gigi. Hey, you've been listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. And free Leonard Peltier. Now. Oh,